You're tuning into the FYI podcast where we talk about your life and all things faith, life, adulting, relationships, right. things like your finances. And I'm Josiah Keneally. And I'm Mike Keneally. And we are your hosts. So hopefully you enjoy this. It comes out every single Friday, fresh and new. Hopefully you are encouraged. What we do is we unpack a question that you are asking, whether you've direct messaged us, whether you have called in or whatever way that you've gotten in contact with us, we want to be able to answer some of your questions about faith, life, and adulting when it comes to everyday living. It's incredible. And this week's question came in and it says, what is your best marriage advice. Mm. So Micah gets some, I get right. some, I have two things, not just one thing. And so babe, do you want to go first or do you want me to start? You start, we'll go, we'll go every other. Okay. What kind of ping pong it? Does that make sense? Yeah, I can yeah. build off yours maybe. So I, don't know. I go, you then go, I go. Okay. okay, perfect. Let's do it. And I would just say that um, it's a great question thinking about we've been married just over five years. Mm-hmm. And so we are by no means the experts, but we've covered some ground. We've covered some territory together and Christ is at the center of our marriage. Mm -hmm. And so I would just take it this direction first. And that is the best marriage advice actually starts in singleness. Yep. So if you're single and you're listening to this, I'm talking to you. If you're watching on YouTube and maybe you're in a dating relationship, this advice is really going to be tailored to you. And I would just say it's this, make sure that you marry the right person. And what I mean by make sure you marry the right person, I believe we get one chance, one shot. And in, I hope to have only ever gotten married once June 30th, 2017. Mm -hmm. And we don't necessarily believe in the one as in there's only one for everyone. But once you say, I do, Mm -hmm. after you've said, I do, then Micah has become the one for me. And so with making sure we marry the right Person, I think the missing ingredient in our culture is actually patience. So what we see is a lot of people rushing and a lot of people settling. Mm-hmm. And in the process of rushing and settling, it's not uncommon that you meet somebody who's 40 who wants a divorce because they claim to have gotten married too young mm-hmm. and they married the wrong person. Like maybe they believe the lie or the myth that there's a better fit for them somewhere out there. And, um, I think that the, it, where it starts is singleness and taking your time, being patient. And I think again, that it's lacking in our culture and society when it comes to relationships is patience, taking your time to truly get to know someone. Mm-hmm. We talk about through the four seasons, like our home state of Minnesota, where our family resides, there's fall right now, then there's winter, winter there's mm-hmm. spring and there's summer and just temperatures are different. Emotional and mental health is different. And so that's part of the process of getting to know somebody's family, their extended family, mm-hmm. um, and, and not settling along the way. It's so easy to try to rush God's timing right? when it's always worth waiting for. So that would be the first mm-hmm. piece of advice is to the single person, make sure you marry the right person. We believe that God has a plan and he's not leading you along. He's not teasing you, but just be patient. Yeah. I would even say to that person who's saying, how do you know if you are or do marry the right one? I would say even prior to getting married, are you praying Are you taking into consideration um, the pink flags of their character that 
turn into red flags later. If there's ever a control issue, an anger issue, an addictive issue, if that's coming out in dating or in their singleness and that'll easily come into marriage. That doesn't stop. It's not like this magic thing. It's like, oh, we're married now. My lust has gone away. Oh, I'm married now. I get to X, Y, Z. It's not like that. But isn't it interesting how we sometimes believe that myth or we say things like that, like, oh, as soon as I'm married, that and, problem solved. Yeah, yeah. Or as soon as I'm married, then like, I'm I'll good. become the right person once exactly. I'm married. I'll become the good wife once I'm married. Then I'll have time to practice. No, practice in your singleness, meaning um, learn how to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Um, I guess I'll get back to the question now. What is the best marriage advice you have? I would say, in addition, I would say marry the right one. That's what I was going to say to Josiah or about the question. But in addition to that, I would say have a have the ability to know each other's personalities when it comes to some fun things you can do this is what we've done, whether it's um, personality tests, spiritual gifts, assessments, um, love languages. And a lot of this is you do like in marriage mentoring. So if you have a marriage mentoring couple or you're affiliated with a church that walks through some of these things, you will find and see once you take these quizzes, like the point of contention or potential um, problems that could come up in your marriage, whether it's one of you is extremely type A and like OCD when it comes to like cleaning the house and doing these other things. And if the other person's a complete slob and doesn't even know how to run a dishwasher or use soap, like Opposites those are major things that people don't really realize. They seem minor when you're dating because you're like, oh, I'm going home to a different house. I don't care whatever they do. Okay. But that person is going to become your roommate someday and both people will drive each other crazy. So I would say knowing your uh, partner's love language specifically is important. So for example, there is time, physical touch, words of affirmation, gifts, and acts of service. And so you usually score the top two. I think they generally give you, or I take into consideration the top two. So just knowing that uh, about yourself, but also about your partner is very important because if you uh, love your partner well with a love language that they talk about in the book. It's like a, a glass of water. You're filling them up. But if you know the love language and you're withholding those two top love languages from them, you are robbing them of a blessing that you have to offer, but you're also seeing them slowly deflate when it comes to any and all things. So my top one is time. So for example, like time is, isn't just me and Josiah in the same room. One of us, I know watching TV, the other one reading physical touch is one too, but time is physically being, um, not only in the same room, but, but in conversation yeah. with each other, um, having supper with each other, making eye contact with each other, deep, meaningful conversation, doing an activity together, or we're going to go rock wall climbing, building memories together. That's what I value as quality time. But the moment sometimes our schedule or calendar can get a little crazy, the intentionality of time may be kind of put to the side for a week or so. And I recognize, oh, I'm running a little low on this quality time with you. Like there's not a lot of conversation happening that's in depth aside from kids and crossing and ministry and life. So knowing that is essential, I would say just to know your partner and know yourself well enough. Um, but also in marriage, I'll say the second one after you go, sorry. Okay. Don't let me forget. I'll write it down. Deal. The, the other piece of advice that I am going to drop on is it actually came to us on our wedding day. And yes, I actually remember what this person said. A lot of things, no. you know, there's a lot of people and moving pieces on a wedding day. 
but um, I think this has really set the tone for Mike and I in our approach to conflict, um, healing, resolution, and just hmm. marriage in general. And it came from my dad. And my dad was maybe driving us somewhere or talking to us on our wedding day. And he said, hey, if you forget everything else that I've ever said, remember this. And I leaned in and I listened. And, and what he said was Ephesians 4, 32. He said, mm -hmm. be kind and compassionate to each other, forgiving each other, just like Christ Jesus forgave you. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a lot of keywords that Paul is using, but to parse apart that verse, I think of kindness is really key. Mm -hmm. in any relationship and defining what kindness really means, Christ-likeness. Right. And um, so kindness and then compassion that involves praying together daily. Like it's hard to be mad at somebody that you're praying for, especially mm -hmm. out loud together. <laughs> for and with. <laughs> right. And then, and then he says, so be kind of compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ God has forgiven you. And I think of how God's forgiven me mm -hmm. through his son, Jesus, and the work of the gospel and the, through the power of the cross, mm -hmm. that without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness. Without faith, mm -hmm. it's impossible to please God. And I think of how forgiving that God's been to us. And if we're becoming more Christ-like mm -hmm. in our relationship, it doesn't mean that we still don't fall or fail or have flesh or worldly desires or attacks from the enemy. Mm -hmm. What it does mean is that I'm quick to apologize or mm -hmm. I'm quick to ask for forgiveness. And I think that that has really set the tone, that verse, that New Testament mm -hmm. instruction for Paul that applied to the church at Ephesus and applies to relationships of all kinds. And I think especially right. in marriage um, that we're on the same team. It's yeah. so easy. Maybe it's an argument or a disagreement or different viewpoints from families of origin. Of, this is how we did it, or this is how I did it. Mm -hmm. And just uncovering it back and realizing like, wow, God forgave me. Right. When I was still a sinner, Christ died for me. Mm -hmm. And I'm called to forgive you, Micah, right. like Christ forgave me. And so that's just that piece of advice that I would say, has the potential to change everything for any relationship is the power of forgiveness. And I think when you're the person that feels misunderstood or not seen or not heard, the best thing I think to do when you feel like you're that person, or maybe you are that person in a situation is to ask your partner questions. I'm um, not yes and no questions, but say like, Hey, when you were right, when you were raised, what did X, Y, and Z look like? How did your family function when it came to holidays, birthdays? How did they celebrate? Like there's going to be things that come up, for instance, like I would look at like Josiah, like for birthday in my house, it was like a 24 hour ordeal. Like the moment you wake up to you go to bed, they're singing happy birthday to you. They're giving you presents. Like there's just, there's this natural excitement. And for us other people, it's just like, oh, what's my birthday? What do you want to do? I don't know. Well, guess what? We had a year to plan somebody's birthday. So Christmas isn't a surprise either. So just knowing those different things about where you've come from, how you celebrate, how you view view aspects of those elements is so interesting to hear the other person's. And the best way to learn is to ask questions when you feel misunderstood. And the thing about asking questions too, opposed to, you know, making flat out observations or even further than observations can be like sometimes assumptions? an accusation or assumption. Ooh, there you go. And so like, let's say 
I notice something in our marriage about Micah. It, I could say, you never, or you always, mm-hmm. or I could actually ask, because if you ask a question, you're going to get an answer. Right. Whereas if you make an accusation at best, you're going to get an apology. Right. Isn't that true? That is so true. So yep. like, and, and you could also make it an accusation and the other person fights or mm-hmm. flights. And so accusations tend to be so accusatory, like yeah. so permanent, so final. You always, you never. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, hold on a second. Like that might be the case indeed, but it's not a very constructive way to give criticism Open up a or conversation. have a conversation <laughs> because 50% of the time you might get an apology, but it's natural for the walls to go up a little bit for right. any of us. Right. So I think with relational dynamics, what you're mm-hmm. saying is asking a question right. that has been a game changer. Yeah. And that's just common just to continually ask each other questions along the way. And it's because people are constantly growing. They're constantly evolving and hopefully for the better. And which leads me to like the next thing I would really lean into is like, there's a reason why the Bible says, um, uh, work out your own salvation. You are responsible for you in your personal growth, in your spiritual growth, in your relational growth to, to varying degrees, obviously, but it's like, Josiah's not getting up saying, Micah, did you read your Bible? Micah, did you read your devotion? Micah, are you listening to worship music? What have you been praying for? So I think for some individuals, it's like, I think specifically women, I will say that I've worked with a lot of women or young women who've said, well, once I have a husband to do my devotions with, then I'll actually read the Bible. He'll spiritually lead me. Yes. And he should be spiritually leading himself. And I should be spiritually leading myself because iron sharpens iron. So if I come to Josiah and I'm a dull blade and he's sharp, my dullness is going to rub off on him. He's not going to sharpen me. It's iron sharpens iron. So if you get a dull blade in the relationship or there are two dull blades trying to sharpen each other, it's not going to happen. Right. And it's not very healthy. So Your personal walk with the Lord needs to be your own because Christ should be the center of your relationship. So if he's the, if he's on the center of your singleness, he will be the center of your dating relationship. And then in turn, hopefully marriage, if that's something that you're aspiring to, when it comes to that. It's interesting. You were talking about like blades and knives, because I'm thinking about how, have you ever heard this, that if if you get injured, it's usually a dull blade Mm -hmm. because a dull blade is more likely to cut you or, or cause injury because you try to uh, compensate for it and you're pushing harder. Mm-hmm. And and so I think of that, like, especially to your analogy of two dull blades, mm-hmm. why are so many people hurt in relationship? There, there needs yeah. to be an individual sharpening with Christ and then the coming together yep. that it, it really is a single issue that then can bleed into marriage and right. become a full-blown marriage issue. Right. And I think the best thing to realize and know is that you're both truly believers of Christ walking out your faith in your singleness before you say, I do. Because a lot of times we've seen in many individuals who maybe think that they're serious about faith and the other one's like on fire and they ended up, you know, compromising and getting married and then having doubts or concerns or worries or saying, well, oh, I can change them. I can, they'll accept Christ if I drag him to church or you know how exhausting it is to drag somebody who doesn't want to go somewhere it's exhausting and mm-hmm. it's, and it's exhausting for the person who's constantly feeling nagged. So just knowing, like when we go back to that first point or Josiah's first, um, I don't know, just leaning into like, know who you're marrying and start being the, the, becoming the person God wants you to be now. And if you don't know who that person is, start reading the book of Acts, Romans, 
Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, the whole beginning of the first Testament is who we should aspire to be like, and that's more like Christ, Mm -hmm. not like each other. And if it is feel like liking each other, it's probably because of Christ within you that somebody's drawn to. So I would just encourage you, um, if you're thinking about marriage, if you currently are married is to be the person God's created Mm -hmm. you to be, but sharpen that person along the way. So Josiah, you got anything else? Yeah. How I, do you have any final thoughts? I don't know. I think that's such a good charge to leave people with. And where I was going was just this verse that I had referenced earlier, which says, while we mm. were still sinners, Christ died for us. And that comes from Romans 5, 8. I'll read it right here, pulling it up. But God demonstrates mm-hmm. his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Right. He forgave us. He resurrected his own son. And like, he's resurrecting us. Dead things are coming to life, mm-hmm. a new life. And that is the gospel is, right. I've heard it said that, you know, Jesus didn't come to make <laughs> better, you know, sinners or, or to make bad people good. He really came to, to raise spiritually dead people to life. Mm. That is the beauty and the power and the majesty and the mystery of Jesus is that Mm -hmm. he came to forgive us while we were still sinners. And so I just want that to sink in. And if you are pursuing a relationship, the one relationship that's going to be the game changer with all the others is Jesus. Yeah. We talked about it in a previous episode, the five things that you mm-hmm. need to look for in a future spouse, thumbs up or thumbs down that opposable thumb is mm-hmm. Christ. Right. Either, either. So for yourself, if you're going to examine your own heart today, is Jesus the center? Is he the Lord and savior of your right. life? And then I look at how that bleeds into our compass because yep. his word is a lamp to our feet, a light to our path, our communication, verbally, non-verbally, our communication changes right. when we accept Jesus and he's the leader of our life and our commitment to Christ and this other person, this spouse. And lastly, chemistry, like mm-hmm. I believe it's all part of God's plan, but just asking you today on your drive, on your commute, in your dorm, mm-hmm. is Jesus the center of your life? And if he's not, would you want to make him the Lord of your life? Romans goes on to say, anyone who calls on the name of Jesus will be saved. Mm -hmm. And so if you'd like to put your faith in Jesus to make him the Lord and savior of your life, we'd love to get in touch with you through FYI-podcast.com. There's a, I accepted Jesus tab that we'd love to put some resources into your hands to follow up with you and to help you get connected to a godly Christian community of a Mm -hmm. local church, a campus ministry, maybe as you're going back to college this fall. And we're praying for you, believing the best for you. That's right. Well, we're just going to leave you on that note until you have any more questions. So if you have any last questions or following thoughts or want us to lean into this question even more or in a different way, just please let us know. And we would love to get you what you have an idea. Well, can you, you should spill the beans. What's next week? What's the question for next week? Oh, I think it has to do with parenting. What have you learned in the first couple of years of parenting? So it's going to be fun. And if you want to find out more, just check us out next Friday. Until then, we'll talk soon. God bless you guys.